Welcome to the Childhood Evolved podcast. I'm your host, Teacher Alex. For me, this podcast is all about looking at the state of childhood as it exists today and continuing to evolve it forward. You know, childhood wasn't even recognized to exist at all until relatively recently in our human history. And since then, it's been getting better and better. And not by accident, because people care, they speak up, they advocate, and they just don't give up, and things continue to improve. So that's why I started this podcast to be part of that conversation. Not because I have all the answers, but because I have so many questions and so many things I don't understand. And so being part of this ongoing conversation is really, really important to me. So today we're going to talk about how to find a good preschool, what to look for, and how to identify programs that are high quality and programs that maybe are not so great for your child or your family. Today I want to talk to you about how to identify quality early childhood education programs or preschools, childcare. There's such a wide variation in quality out there, and it can be really tricky, even for me, for a professional in the field, it can be really tricky to identify a school that's actually good, or it's going to be a good fit with what I believe as an educator. I can imagine it would be really tricky to find a school that's going to fit your child, especially if you're not equipped with as much knowledge and information about what high quality is. And if you haven't been through it, you may not have a strong idea of what a good match with your family is going to be. So that, that all of that is kind of what made me want to create this episode today, start tackling these problems. So I can tell you that even as a preschool teacher, trying to find a job, trying to find a school that's a good fit for me is challenging. Looking at a website, even going on a tour or a job interview isn't going to really let you know if that program's a good fit. They may talk to talk, but do they walk to walk? Do they carry out the values that they're saying they have? Do they make the sacrifices or pay whatever the costs are in order to get there? Do they really care about what they say they care about? Or is it kind of just an afterthought or something nice to say on a tour or an interview? You don't necessarily know that until you're in it. It can take a few weeks even to really start to see what's actually going on at the school. So as a parent, you're going and looking for what's going to be a good match for your child with even less info. And it can be really hard to even find schools that that have spots that fit your price range that are close enough for you to drive to and be part of your morning commute or routine or whatever the case may be. And it's hard to know what information to use and what information really isn't going to help you. For example, a school being in a good neighborhood, even a school costing more, really doesn't correlate to anything in my experience. It's not going to help you out to know that the school is in a certain area. And I've seen what happens when there's just a really poor match between a child and a school. If the school, if a school isn't good and a child is relatively typically developing, not having a lot of behavior issues and things like that, you can kind of skate along beneath the radar, which, I mean, that isn't really good either. But if your child is going to have some special needs or transitions and changes going on in their own life, and they're going to start acting out, it can really become apparent that a school is under-equipped to actually teach and actually take care of children. Because it's when things get harder that your skills as a teacher are actually tested, and your values as a school are actually tested as well. 
So I've seen children acting out. Their their needs aren't really being met, whether at school or home or whatever, both. And the staff don't really know how to meet the needs. So maybe the staff just come down a little bit harder on the children or try to become try to be more controlling. And that just kind of makes the whole thing worse. It's a cycle. The children feel judged and they're not going to behave well. So when children feel okay, they'll behave okay. And when children don't feel accepted, cared for, loved, they're going to act out even more. So I would say that one of the best things about preschool and early childhood education is also one of the biggest challenges. And that's that pretty much people can run it however they want. There's some basic health and safety rules and laws. You might have to take a few classes or meet a fairly low educational bar to be a director or teacher. Beyond that, you can pretty much do it however you want. And this can be really, really cool because you can find a school that's a great fit for your family. Uh, it's not as much of a scientific approach as an art. And we, out of this, we see schools like Reggio. Reggio Emilia is a place in Italy, and, and out of there emerged a post-World War II philosophy really centered around the family and the community, children developing self-help skills, but really educating the whole child. They kind of saw what fascism did and what the war had done to their community, and they weren't all about just academics and knowledge and information. They really wanted something new. So they started this approach just in their own area of Italy, and it kind of spread. It kind of caught on, and people really liked it. Uh, I know more about Reggio because I taught in a Reggio program for a number of years. There's also Montessori programs and Waldorf programs. There's academic programs, and there's play-based programs. There's programs where your child's going to be asked to sit with a ditto and sit still in lengthy circle times. Or There's other programs where they're never going to sit still. They're, maybe they're play-based, which is my personal preference, and that's based on having gone through the master's level and early childhood education and having a background in child development and just really reading all the research and seeing the truth is play-based is the way childhood should be or it needs to be in order for children to develop optimally. There are a lot of different philosophies out there, a lot of different routes you can take and kind of researching the different choices and asking yourself what your values are is one of the best ways you're going to start this journey of figuring out what's best for you and what's going to work for you. And I've seen families really struggle. I've seen families be in a program that are kind of a poor fit in any number of ways. And so the fact that you're here listening to this podcast means you're invested in this. You want to gain information and make the right choice for your child. So that's actually, to me, that's the most important thing. And it's definitely going to pay off. One thing that I wish more families or parents knew is that early childhood is all about these critical periods of development meaning it's kind of like the foundation of a house, really small things for better or for worse, really small things in early childhood between the ages, especially of uh, birth and three or birth and five have a big difference. So a little crack in the foundation of your house is going to be a much bigger deal than a little crack in your, in your roof or whatever. And I've talked with parents and they see that their school is a poor fit and not really supporting their child. But they think, oh, it's one more year, it's a few months or whatever, and, you know, how bad could it be? I mean, it really it really can be a situation where that child could be doing so much better in a school that's a better fit. If they're with teachers that are not really supporting them, not really caring for them, that child may be picking up all kind of different thinking habits and internal stories and dialogues they're going to be telling themselves, maybe on repeat for the rest of their lives. These things really stick, right? Maybe you think back to your own childhood and something powerful that stuck with you that someone said for for better or for worse, you know, something really good, something more challenging. 
we can remember these things if we think back. And so even a little bit of time in something that's less than ideal really just isn't good for early childhood. And so I encourage you to be a critical thinker and try your best to find a program that's going to be a good fit. And, and you can do this, even if it's tricky, even if it's challenging. I've seen families really make sacrifices in order to put the care of their child where their child is going, you know, five days a week, 40 hours a week, in order to put that first. And it can be tricky, but it's going to pay off in the long run. We know that there's even concrete outcomes that happen with early childhood education. They've done studies on this. Uh, children with high quality care are going to get in less trouble with the law later on in life. They're going to do better financially and, and have better jobs and relationships, things like that. So keep in mind, even a few months or, or even a few weeks in a poor environment or a poor fit environment or both can make a difference. So it's more of an art and less of a science. So another thing is I would say take all advice with a big grain of salt, including me. Because along this journey, there's so many people that are going to tell you what to do for your child, what to think, what to believe. Do this, don't do that. So much of parenting advice or any advice really is value-based. And so what I have to say comes out of my own education, my own teaching experience, my own childhood. But what you have to do is follow your gut. Deep inside, do you know what's best for you, what's best for your family, what's best for your child. So a good place to start is to just really look at what's out there with clear, kind of a clear, honest view. And in order to do that, we need to gather some information. For example, in 2016, NPR did a survey of parents and they asked them, do you think your child's uh, child care situation, and they did use the word situation, uh, do you think your child's care situation is high quality? And 88% of these parents said yes, 9 out of 10. And in my experience, most parents are pretty happy with their child's preschool, and they think it is high quality, and, and everything's all good. So another large-scale government study found that less than 1 in 10 child care arrangements actually are very high quality. 1 in 10. They found that most children are getting fair amount of quality in their child care arrangement. And one of the biggest indicators they used in this study of quality was what they called positive caregiving. And this is pretty much exactly what you would think about or imagine when that word comes to mind. Things like a teacher listening to children, responding kindly and gently to them, answering their questions, patting them on the back, inviting them into their lap, smiling with them, basic emotional stuff. These things that all children deserve and need. They call it positive caregiving for the purposes, purposes of their study. So they found that only 9% of children are getting a lot of this. 30% are getting a fair amount, okay? 53%, that's over half, are getting some, and 8% are getting hardly any. So when you take that together, 53 and 8, over 60%, over, over 6 out of 10 children in the U.S. are getting hardly any or only some of this really basic positive caregiving that you would hope your child is getting tons and tons and tons of all day every day right i mean it's the best stuff it's what children need and like i said earlier you can't just assume that if your school's in a great neighborhood or the teachers seem friendly when you're picking up or dropping off or it costs a lot that it's that you're going to be doing really good in this department it's not necessarily correlated at least not in my experience and i think you really got to dig deeper and see what's actually going on and it can, it can be hard it can be really difficult to determine 
what's out there in terms of quality and how to find a school that's going to give you this this stuff that you want that I'm thinking you probably want for your child, right? And so there's this big gap between a large number of parents thinking everything's great in their school and this relatively small percentage of children that are really getting what they deserve. And parents thinking their school's great, maybe it's really not as good as they thought. And so I've kind of been scratching my head over this for a long time now. It's part of the reason I was drawn to this career in the first place, I think. And it's really a big part of the reason why I started this podcast. Although I'm not speaking just to parents, I'm really speaking to anyone that wants to evolve the state of childhood forward. And it's not that I have all the answers either. I really, it's about starting a conversation and being present for that conversation. That's really what this podcast is all about for me. But when I see this problem before me, this gap between what people think they're getting and what they're actually getting, it really bugs me. And so I want to be able to help you, the parents, or even teachers listening to this, really evolve that state of childhood forward. And children spend so much time in childcare, daycare, preschool. So that seems like a really logical place to start to try to make things better there. So in my experience as a teacher and being in this field for all these years, I've seen a lot of really well-meaning teachers or programs that just can't quite pull it off because it's really hard. Teaching children, caring for them, getting through a day with 20 or 30 or 40 kids, keeping on schedule, keeping the environment clean, keeping good relationships with parents, it's a lot to do. And it's it can be easier to rely on being more controlling, whether controlling of your kids or controlling of other staff members or supervision I've seen schools and administrations really come down on their staff and really just want things perfect or in a certain way. And that can filter down to the children too and to being more controlling and things like that. The good news is quality is actually pretty simple and it's pretty, it's stuff that would in retrospect at least seem kind of obvious and seem kind of like what would resonate with your gut or at least with most people. And for me, it boils down to two really big things that are essential to look for in any child care or preschool situation. And those two things are play and relationships. So establishing kind, reciprocal relationships with children and with families is the foundation of this job. And relationships are the bedrock of childhood development and really of, of life in general. And although teaching is hard, it's hard to carry out all the tasks that we have to do parenting and teaching kind of similar in that regard you're you're being asked to do or you're being told you have to do 10,000 different things all at once perfectly and on time don't be late right so that relationship factor really finding those programs that are going to do that positive caregiving I talked about and keeping in mind it's only about one in ten programs on average are going to really do a lot of that and if you think about everything I just said it might make more sense the staff have a lot to do. They have to clean. They have to stay on schedule. They have to please their boss and keep a good relationship with their parent community. So yeah, those things can fall by the wayside. Those really simple things like inviting a child into your lap and reading a book with them or teaching a child how to tie their shoe. These things sound great and wonderful until you realize that if you're with one child doing these positive things, there's 39 other children running around doing God knows what, right? It's tricky. But there are schools that value that and that put it first. And it's all about priority. If you have a school that really is there for the children, for getting to know who they are and what they need and builds everything else up around that, then it's much more likely that these things are going to be carried out. 
If you have a school whose first priority is to make money, which there's nothing wrong with that, right? It's a business. But still, you keep in mind, if the school is really being run first and foremost as a business and to make money, then it's not necessarily going to be run first and foremost for your child and what they need. And this is as great as all of these different philosophies like Reggio and Montessori and, and whatnot are. They, Their first priority is this agenda or this program that's been around for 50, 60, 70 years, and it's great and people believe in it and people love it. And there's nothing wrong with any of that, but it means that that really is the priority too. And so if you're in Reggio, which I've worked in, and you're trying to take beautiful pictures and write beautiful documentation and get it hanging up for the parents to see, it's really wonderful stuff. And, and if you've toured a Reggio school or been part of one, it looks great when you're in it. And I'm not saying that just because a school has a guiding philosophy that this stuff necessarily falls by the wayside. Of course it doesn't, but it's more possible or more probable, I should say, that these little things like creating time to read a book with three children might fall by the wayside if you have other things that seem more pressing and more important to you. So it's really about digging a little bit deeper and figuring out where the priorities of the school lie. Are they valuing relationships? Do they have a guiding philosophy that resonates strongly with your family? And there's also, I come back to Reggio again because it's one that I've worked with. You can be really, really, really Reggio. You're, you're going to Italy on trips and you're absorbing all that information and, and trying to implement that philosophy. And so kind of on a continuum, maybe you're at like 98% on that, right? Or maybe on the other opposite end of the continuum, maybe you say you're Reggio because it's kind of a buzzword and you're not Reggio at all. And there's everything else in between and in the middle. And if you don't kind of do your own research, and I don't know as much about Montessori or Waldorf because I haven't really worked in those, and all I really know is what I've learned in school. So I think it would be pretty easy for me to tour a school that's Waldorf or Montessori and to be a little bit less than sure if a school is really 100% in that philosophy or not. And, you know, it's not necessarily that you want it to be. I've worked in programs that are Reggio-inspired, Reggio-based, and they're not 100% Reggio, but it's actually really, really good because we're here in Los Angeles and we don't want to try to emulate something that's completely out of Italy 70 years ago. We're kind of doing our own thing and taking inspiration where we take it and leaving it where it doesn't fit with us. And so what it all comes down to at the end of the day is asking about those priorities of your program, of the school you're touring or looking into. Are they putting children first and putting relationships first? And the other big one is play. Is this school valuing play? Are children being allowed time and freedom to just play? Kids playing with one another, having open-ended materials. And it's not necessarily being playful because there's programs and even summer camps and after-school programs, things like that, where there's very playful things being done, organized sports or teachers organizing games for children, things like that. Or even circle times can be really fun and playful. But to me, true play is kind of getting out of children's way and letting them do what they know how to do best. Children play how they need to play. And we can do later episodes on the development of play and, and how it supports healthy and optimal child development. But when you see a two-year-old dumping things out and filling them back up over and over and over again, no, you're not crazy. No, they're not crazy. That's how children need to play. It's a stage. It's a development. Yeah, later on, they're going to be playing in a dramatic play or pretend way where each child in the 
game has a role and there's a, a dialogue and a script kind of happening and it's super complex, that's great. And it's great when you're four or five, but there's also nothing wrong with when you're two and you're dumping things out and filling them back up. That's just the that's just the developmental stage that they're at at that point and you have to progress through one to get to what's next. So you really need a program that understands play and understands children and makes room for it, really creates the time for it. And that can you can have a program talk about play, but they have so many transitions in their day that you find out children are actually just spending a lot of time standing in line or walking from place to place or cleaning up or sitting in circle times. And they're not really able to play in a deep way, a way where they're having enough time and having enough support from their teachers to engage in these deeper things with their peers. And so if a program doesn't really support that, then it's not really going to happen and unfold on an ideal timetable. Those are the two big ones, relationships and play, and really looking for a program that gives you both of those things and prioritizes them. When you're out there on your tours, when you're looking through websites and trying to identify where these schools even are that you want to tour, trying to discern if those two things really exist. And so that's pretty much it for now. We'll, we'll get to another episode where we're going to go a little bit deeper on how to go on these tours, what questions to ask, and how to find a program that fits and how to increase your odds of getting in as well. So that's it for today. Thanks for sticking with me.